<laughs> Cranking. I've been I've been listening to a little too much Mr. Uh, what is that? Mystery. Mystery? Yeah. Hey, Dong, let's get this shit cracking. Oh my god. Okay, okay. We got volume. If you can hear us loud and clear, give us a thumbs up. All right, that's good right there. Let's go, baby. Yeah. Hoodstocks, baby. We back. Mm-hmm. Sunday evening. Lakers, baby. Yeah. Lakers. Shit. Think we might get ourselves a ring this year, baby. Let's go. You know when we uh when we get a thousand likes on these videos it really uh drives it into the universe the algorithm the YouTube's algorithm Feels good to be back man feels really good to be back man I see my G's I see you motherfuckers right there baby I miss you motherfuckers man I know you probably miss me a little bit <laughs> Tiny bit. Let's pay some bills real quick, man. Look at that shit just lit up, baby. I love you, motherfuckers, dog. Real shit, man. Um, okay, let's go. Looking for some good quality cannabis. I mean, killer quality cannabis. Hit up the folks at Killer Kush. Uh, they specialize in bringing you the best quality, uh, the best quality available from OG to exotics. They got it all. Hit them up at Killer Kush, Cali at gmail.com or on IG at Killer Kush underscore underscore 420. Or you can pull up on them. In uh, the city of Islos, uh, it's called East LA Exotics, baby. And they're located at 6009 East Olympic Boulevard. And, okay, also, too, we are sponsored by uh, Gutter Phenom. Gutter Phenom is a lifestyle brand that is dedicated to supporting uh, and inspiring individuals who are determined to achieve their dreams. We believe that no matter where you come from and what you've been through, with hard work and dedication, anything is possible, baby. Yes, a portion of... Our proceeds are donated to organizations that provide vocational training for parolees and scholarships for those and also for those in need of drug and alcohol treatment. Visit gutterphenom.com. Gutterphenom.com. You're going to wake up in the morning and you're just going to just, you're going to fucking have a Tourette's moment and be like, gutterphenom.com. I got to get on fucking the internet and place an order. And when I place that order, I'm going to use Hoodstocks 20 and I'm going to receive 20% off my order. Amazing. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Apish OG, the big dog, all right? Follow them on Instagram at Apish underscore OG, and you can pull up and buy their product at OG Nation in the city of Maywood. Come get your flower, edibles, one-stop shop for all your needs, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Like I said, man, welcome to Hoodstocks, a world where we are shaped around the people that surround us. This evening's guest, everybody, and I want everybody to give a warm welcome for the great and powerful Professor Dr. Bill Sanders. Thank you. Lovely to be here with you guys. Absolutely, brother. Um, so I, f I figured that we can start it off like this. Um, so the people understand the individual that's sitting before them. How about you share your credentials? 
Um, yeah, sure. So I'm a professor of criminal justice uh, over at Cal State LA. Um, I've been, my focus, uh, research I focus on are really on, let's say, young people in crime. Like, why are you doing this? Why are you getting involved in drugs? Why are you getting involved in cri um, crime? Why are you getting involved in gangs? And then when you, what are you doing within those things? So like, what is crime all about? How do you do it? Uh, what do you, what do you, what, what is gang membership about? Like, what is it from dawn to dusk? What are you doing? Um, and even kind of like, how do you get out of those things? So how do you get into them, what you're doing, and how do you get out of them in terms of crime, drugs, gangs, violence, that type of stuff. So um, in order to get there as a professor, what I've been, I would say it's about 30 some odd year journey. So, I mean, we took more of a, the academic uh, route. I did my undergraduate over at UC Riverside. And then I was lucky enough to go over to England to go do my graduate degrees. I did my uh, master's over at Cambridge and then my doctorate over at University of London. <coughs> All the while what I'm doing is studying, studying you know, drugs, studying gangs, studying why people do this. And the way through studying is first, it's like you're also hitting the library. You're really reading what has been come before you, right? So, and that helps you kind of couch what you're gonna go find. So outside of doing the reading, my research is what's called qualitative. Like out of 100% of research within criminal justice, maybe 10% is the stuff I do. Um, by which I mean you're doing interviews, you're doing observations, you're going out into the field, you are talking to people, you know, sitting in front of them, for instance, drug users, gang members, and you're asking them, how did you get into this? What do you do? You know, what are your future plans? Okay. You could have been a plumber. Why did you choose this profession? Well, in a nutshell, it's surfing. You know, like, I don't wake up and think about gangs and drugs and crime and like, oh, how can I study this stuff more? No, I wake up and I look at the surf. So like, can I go today? So <clears throat> really, you take it back to 12 years old when I started. It's coming up on 39 years I've been surfing. I wanted to do that like my whole life, right? And I wanted to get a job where it allowed me to do that the whole time. So teaching is one thing that allowed me to. I was like, okay, well, you get the summers off, you know, you get like spring break, you get like Christmas off. So all that time, I was thinking I was gonna, you know, just go surfing, which I do, that and snowboarding. Um, and I was like, I was so into the ocean, you know, I was gonna be like an oceanographer, you know, like studying like the fish and like how the waves are good. But then I got into high school and um, just wasn't good at science at all. So that just, that was not my thing. And, um, you know, I grew up not in the hood. You know, I grew up in a middle-class community, wanted for nothing, but like, you know, in there, there were, I would say, drugs still there. My entire life, just seeing people, family, friends, using drugs, you know, usually meth, but also weed, people falling out on that, and that would also just caught my interest. There were people also joined gangs in my community, people that I grew up with, you know, like they were like these breakdancing crews in middle school that turned into these like, I don't know, whatever gang things. And I thought they were a bunch of wannabes, but they started like shooting each other and fighting each other and just like, what the hell are you doing? So that was an interest of mine, like seeing that in the community and just kind of making that just really, why are you doing that? And that is today the same kind of question that I ask and answer. Why are you doing these things? Uh, being a sociologist, isn't that the same thing as being a scientist? It's social science, yeah. So social it's not science. like a hard, you know, not like the physical or natural sciences. So, you know, you look at like gravity. Yeah, gravity is a theory, right? We can test that all day long and it works. Yeah, so that's a universal type of one. Social science is much less consistent like that, much less um, sure thing. So, yeah, very broadly applied word theory there. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I got this, I have this random question that I wanted to ask you. I'm going to ask it right now. Um, do you have to be 
human to be a sociologist. I mean, is that, are you talking about like the whole AI thing yeah, going on like that? Like exactly. that's, I wouldn't be in a position to answer that question, to be honest. Like I would be absolutely guessing, shooting from the hip. I know nothing about AI or the yeah. possibility that AI could potentially take over from some professors. I mean, I definitely say there's a few I wish AI would take over, but like I wouldn't say that, all, you know, be on the whole, like, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because they are, con AI is constantly analyzing in real time, bro. I mean, again, this is a field that I know nothing about. Yeah, like, absolutely. so I could, I, I just like, you let's, know, let's well, Terminator. I talk about, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't <laughs> I know love the about movie. this. All right, that's Skynet. You know? Yeah. you know, Robot from the Future. That was the movie, and then that dude became governor. And I'm like, what the? Anyways, that's that's, that's another thing altogether, isn't it? Absolutely, that's a whole different thing, and I apologize about that. But I Fine. thought it would be just a kind of a tricky question to ask you and uh, I guess you answered it correctly right well, let, me, let me put it this way this I, I'm retiring in 15 years so just just give it more 15 more years and then whatever happens after that you know let the robot revolution happen you know fine <laughs> yeah absolutely um and so you said that uh so you you study you study criminals you study social science society right why uh, certain individuals grow up and end up doing these things. Well, it's probably potentially uh, a product of, the, they're a product of their environment, right? They're mimicking what they've seen and what they've been through. I mean, does this fascinate you? I mean, yeah, that's that's what I do, what I do, yes. Yeah, and so, it honestly I'm, does, right? I'm still very active in the field. I still publish. I still do research. I still work at some of these uh, community-based organizations, you know, that help people get out of gangs or out of drugs or and they're re-entering. Yeah, I still do that. What helps them? What helps them get out of gangs and drugs? That's a good question. Um, there's are two different things. So let's stick with the, let's do the gang thing first. That let's might be, do that. That might be a little yeah. bit easier. The drug yeah. thing is a bit trickier. Okay. So one of the things is, is that like we have um, a bit of a hypocrisy going on here with the criminal justice system. We say people are like, you know, it's like don't do the crimes, can't do the time, right? And it's like, you know, you have to pay your debt to society, right? But these dudes really and truly never end up paying. Like, we, know, we never get them off the hook. They're always paying. We never think... We, as in, like, gener generally speaking here, um, say that they have, like, really paid their dues, that they are, you know, um, good people now, that they are not going to continue to commit crime. I I'll give you an example right here, yeah? Let's say some dude committed murder, gang murder, when he was, like, 17 years old. Yeah, 17, right? He did 25 years in prison. Comes out, right? And I asked this to all my students. I said, this dude needs a job. Like, are you going to let him watch your kids while you and the missus go out and watch a movie and have date night? You know, no, no one is raising their hand. Not any one of my students are like, yeah, I, I trust that this guy who did murder when he was 17, 25 years, and now is out is reformed. You know, to let it, like, I'm like, what do you think he's going to do? Like, sit there and murder your kids? The kids, like, you come back, and they're, like, body parts all over, and just, like, dripping in blood? I'm like, no, dude, it's like... You know, it's, it's, and that might be a more of an extreme example, but it is, I think, reflective of society more generally, is that we do not believe that people are reformed. So one thing that needs to happen, I would say that I've suggested happen, is that kind of believe them, that you're an ex-gang member? Like, okay, you know, we believe you, you know, so your name is not whatever, Cadillac Dave or Glazed Donut or whatever the hell, you know, your name is Dave, you know, your mom is Maria, you know, you live over here, you know, it's just that, those types of things. So what I'm getting at here is kind of like to de-identify somebody as a gang member. So that comes from kind of the self, right? You know, you are no longer killer Joe, you know, and also how people perceive them. I right? mean, should you, shouldn't you have a non-biased uh, perspective if you are, uh, uh, or if you're, 
putting one foot in front of the other to get into that field of work, you should have a non-bias, right? Like, you know, because check it out. If you're, if I'm not sure how familiar you are with Hoodstocks, but we, a lot of our guests were 17 year old murders that got out from doing 20, 30 years and they come on Hoodstocks and they share their story. I mean, you're, you, you study, uh, social science and the person the the dude that was 17 years old is not the same dude at 45 years old i mean the the, the brain is not developed yes. you know he has nothing underneath the belt he potentially reacted by instinct to what he thought he was supposed to do and it didn't dawn on him what he did until he ended up in front of the fucking judge and now everything's just going 100 miles hour through his head you know mm-hmm. so I mean, with that said, it's it's interesting that your class would be like, fuck that, you know, but it, but then again, who's sitting in your class, you know? Oh, well, well, um, yeah, okay, uh, there, there's a lot of things you said there to, to unpack. I'm sorry but, about No, 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 yeah. it's, it's quite all right, it's quite all right. But then to come also back to what you originally asked me is why people leave gangs, but really quick about my students, okay? I'm all over the place, no, no, no. and I apologize. No, 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 it's cool, but like, it's absolutely cool. Okay, my students, like, they're your cousins. They're your brothers and your sisters. Like, okay. my students are not, like, the university <clears throat> the spoiled children. My students are from the hood, most of them. Most of them come from, they're the first in their families to go to college ever. They are, it's largely female. Uh, when, I, when I talk about gangs, my students are sitting there, yeah, that happened to my cousin, my uncle, my friend my brother my neighbors no no this is they are you know i hope they're watching this okay so i'll come back to you i don't believe i've ever watched a podcast or listened to a podcast i heard of hoodstocks from casey i think i looked it up before i came here so i I don't know who you guys are but if you're telling me that you're a bunch of there's individuals who yourselves and that you come on here who are former you know like 17 year old killers and are former gang members or people who have been in that life and are now leading a different life yeah those are individuals that i've been working with for many years and i could you know show you some organizations that they might that might help those guys absolutely yeah? so so yeah um now really quick to come to come back one of the things that we talked about is uh, mentioned is what people leave gangs and so one of this one aspect of that is identity okay it's really it is a change in who you think you are and then also that kind of reflected in how other what other people say to you right so how they think of you this is really kind of a sociological concept calling what's called the looking glass self we see ourselves as other people see us yeah so if they keep on seeing us as the gangster instead of mike or bob or you know maria or whatever you know then we're going to continue to see ourselves that way okay the other thing that comes with that self-identity is that you've got to be changing what you're doing you know, do you know what gang members do more than anything like anything else number one activity of gang members in this city other cities that i have talked to that i've read about and what seems to be pretty much what they do what is it absolutely nothing hang out and do nothing they're sitting there in some alley they're kicking rocks they're doing little dances listening to oldies listening to some other kind of music i mean it just like smoking and drinking anyone that walks by gets their attention i mean are you kidding the only thing boring in my mind is being a gang member is watching people be gang members you're like that's it this is what happens punctuated by very quick quick uh, bouts of deadly violence where just things bang, 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 bang. And then, then, you know, it's like the people around you are dead and bleeding out and you just got all of their body parts whooped all over you. It's gnarly. So, okay, now that's actually how people get out of gangs. 
They're the dude that wasn't shot. They look around them and like, what the hell am I doing? Well, let me let me stop you right there, bro, because yeah, that's, that's a little disrespectful for, for oh, cats that have geez. changed their life and they're not just hanging in an alley doing a little dance, as you say, bro. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, obviously... Um, you need to do a little more research and maybe instead of reading a book, maybe you need to put your feet on the streets and go hang out with these dudes of Pope passing by and saying, oh shit, they're ready to shoot and kill me and I'm going to have body parts all over me. Um, there, there's just two different, I, I, I believe that you're, that that is an inaccurate uh, analyzation, you know, mm -hmm. because that's a small percentage. That's a small percentage, you know, just because you, you might go to a market right now down the street from here and you see a dude tatted the fuck up and the first thing you're going to do is clutch your wallet in your pocket. No, that dude has fucking got a 40-hour union job and he's doing amazing and he's just there to buy some milk for his fucking kids, you know. Um, there's levels. There's levels of gang members. You oh, know, and there's... No, yes, that's true. I agree with that 100%. And really quickly, I really do not mean any disrespect. The, the things that I'm telling you are what gang members tell me, meaning that when I'm asking, again, asking them. Who are the, what what gang members are telling you this? Where are you getting these guys at? I mean, are you, are you picking them up from Homeboy Industries? Are you, do you have a Craigslist uh, uh, ad going on right there where you're saying, hey, check it out, dog. I'll give you $20 and a bag of hot Cheetos if you come sit down with me for a second. Um, like, how, do you, how are you finding these individuals? Well, what you do is you kind of you go to organizations like that would be we call community-based organizations that work with young people that are in gangs or at risk of working in gangs or joining gangs, and then within those organizations are usually individuals who are like interventionists or former gang members, and they know who is in the you know who is in the gang in the community, and then they kind of just link them up that way to kind of sit down in the community center and talk to the guys about it, and you're just being really. What community centers have you been in that you sat and talked to these individuals? What areas? Um, it has been over here in East LA, South LA, and West LA. Okay. Okay. So, so yeah, and really and truly, I'm not trying to. Really, I'm not trying. I'm to not offended. I'm not or, offended. Or, or, or I'm any, just. I'm just saying, like for no, the ones no. that, that 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 was just a that was a shallow analyzation of what a gang member is. That was the white people sitting at the fucking table making fun of the dude over there uh, with his chick that's got tattoos that is drinking water and can can only afford bread at that restaurant. No, I mean, no. I don't know, bro. That that just sounds a little fucked up, bro. That, I and again, that's not what I'm trying to do. This is what I'm yeah. telling. Everything that here is not my opinion. Is based on the research, data, right? The what data. is coming, yes, and what's coming out, and everything that I've just told you as well. I could set that within things that have been studied before me and things that have studied after me. So, and also too, the, um, um, just to kind of perhaps bring it back to what I originally was asked about why people get out of gangs. Yeah. Um, outside of identity, it is, and, and this is what I meant about hanging out and doing nothing. Really interesting. Let's say that doesn't. Let's, Let's say that there's some guys that do that. They're okay, patrolling but, but, the block. It doesn't look like they're doing yeah. anything, but they're selling drugs. They're, they're making sure the right people are navigating through these streets. I mean, it's a job, bro. It's a whole different yeah. job. And, and there's a long resume of what that consists of besides just doing a little dance and ready to react off any little thing that the dude might fucking potentially say, bro. It's a, it's a long list. And I don't even think that uh, you really understand that. I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to argue with on that point. But yeah. to move on, this is what I, my point is what I'm trying to get at is this is that whatever you're doing as a gang member, you've got to do something different. And, and so it's- And not, I understand that, and, and that's what we do right here. No, no, right. And I don't, I don't condone the, the nonsense, brother. Right. Don't get that twisted. I'm not backing up the dudes that don't, you feel that don't do nothing. I, I, we are here to promote hope for the cats that want to do something. It's not what I feel. It's yeah. not what I'm saying. No, okay, it's the it's, data it's, that it's, you're it's, getting. It's, it's and, but data, that's, that sounds a little inaccurate. But this is what I'm telling you, okay? I, 
am, again, I'm not a gang member. I have never been a gang member. I can tell. I have read about them, and I've studied, and this yeah. is what comes across. You're a surfer, it's, bro. It's, that's right. A surfer, snowboard, 100%. Yeah. That has been asked to come on this show and give my no, opinion 100%. Don't about me. my hey, work. This and is what I, we do, yeah, baby. And that's, that's what's up. <laughs> yeah. Okay? So I have no agenda. No, there 100%. Nothing I'm not trying on, to attack so. you, bro. But, but oh, I, okay, then. Okay. Let's kind of put it, let's, let's we'll just bring it, let's down. bring it there. Let's go. bring it down. Okay, okay so, let's go. So this is what I'm, I, overall I'm trying to say, is that whatever you're doing as a gang member, in order to kind of successfully get out of it, it's doing something different. So both of these things go hand in glove. It is changing your self-conceptualization. Who do you think you are and how, and meaning like how you think, see yourself yeah. and how people see you, but also what you are doing nine to five. And let me give you an example, okay? And that, and that, that could transpire over to how you feel about yourself and what you're doing nine to five, this, these, right? Both of these things are interrelated, 100%. Yeah. So. You know, if if you are if somebody is out there at a job and they are kind of they are considered themselves now, I am an employee, I'm a plumber, I'm an electrician, I'm a construction worker, I'm a social worker, I'm whatever. It's an it, again, it's coming off with a new type of identity. Also, is that they're doing something else? They're busy from nine to five. When you're doing that nine to five, it's hard to kind of do other things. Yeah. Right? So that's so that's really that's the first step in the right direction of getting yourself a fucking job. Bro. Right. It Keep is, yourself busy with something positive than fucking hailing the block and doing that little dumb dance with a hot bag of hot you know, Cheetos. I, I really think that I wish I could not say that because like, there's, <laughs> too, there's you, too much drawn over there and it's causing. Yeah, it's not like uh, I'll, I won't anyways, bring it up again. I'll leave it alone. Bro. Well, I, I you know, if you don't mind. Yes. Um, and again, too. So it is what it's, you know, it's like. Again, to get at what you initially asked me is how they get out of gangs, and I that has now been answered. Now, you also wanted to ask me about getting out of drugs. Do you want me to go into that, or are there other things would you like to talk about? I don't know. As long as the drugs consist of doing a little... No, go ahead, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, please um, talk. Talk on whatever you want to talk about. Educate us, bro. Okay, you know? because that's, again, if I'm trying to do anything, it's that, all right? <laughs> yes. You get what I'm yes. saying. It's like, yeah. hey... But if you got some inaccurate information, i, I got to put and, that forward. You, and, and, but that's, this is a okay, Dr. Phil show, that's, bro. But that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You're saying that I am inaccurate, and I'm going like, okay, dude. Like maybe yeah. that is inaccurate. I could, from your experiences, or your experiences, or your experiences, and that those are all valuable. What I'm doing is talking to hundreds of people across various gangs over time and these general types of questions. You, That's what's going on. I so, might be giving you a little bit of a hard time. It's yeah, like, he well, is, but he I mean, is, No, 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 <laughs> but it's like, I, I get that too. I might be giving you a little like, hard time. I bro. get what's going on here as well. You know, I mean... Um, That's not the, But I have no, 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 no agenda, but, bro. No, 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 I know you don't. I, I mean, yes, I... No agenda. Okay, so let's kind of work on the drug thing too. If you want to hear about this, yes, right? Because absolutely. this is this is what I would say is you know I tell my students I'm like my God if you want to get on like the tip of the spear in terms of what thing is problematic in the field, do something about like one desistance, like how people get out of gangs or get out of you know re-enter into society or out of crime, but also what we do about drugs. Um, you're not going to like what I'm going to say. You know what I'm saying? You're just not going to like this at all. No one's going to like this stuff because it kind of might go against what they think is right and real. Well, let's okay? hear it. And we'll, then we'll all determine right. if we like it or not. Okay, good. Good, 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 good. Okay, just keep that in mind, okay? Yeah, it's like I work absolutely. in the field where people don't like what I do. Everyone, you know, it's like, all right, yeah. You know, you study, 
something that, you know, is what might be the underbelly of society. And you're trying to get that right. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to talk to the top side. Hey, this is what's up. You yeah, know, but while standing on a surfboard. While that's ac- tough. While ac- you know, dude. <laughs> while accurately. Oh. Ref- you know, it's fine, man. No, it's yeah, fine, no dude. more jabs. No more jabs. No, okay, no cool, more. Go man. ahead. Go ahead. Cool. I'll tell you go what. Ahead. I'm good with my life. I'm happy with things yeah. are. And I wouldn't change a damn thing. Absolutely, know? brother. So, uh, bro, do you think I want to see you on the streets fucking waving around a gun and a bag of hot Cheetos in your hand? No, bro. Thing I think I love that you the, do the, what you do. The sir. last thing I thought was that, dude. Yeah, the last absolutely. thing. Let's so, go. I mean, I imagine I'm not your typical, the, the, your audience member. Yeah, normally, don't you have guys kind of more like, you know, with well, we, um, we, we have We have criminal defense attorneys. We have Lakers come on oh, here. Okay, there we go. Okay. You know, we, so, have, right. we have cats that, you know, that are all different levels, bro. Mm. You know? Tough job, criminal defense attorney, man. That is a tough job. I knew, yeah. I knew dudes, they were losing their teeth. Not just their hair, like just like just coming in. Just such a man, those guys. God bless the criminal defense attorneys. Um, the uh, public defenders in particular. So um, anyways, yeah. So what we do with drugs, a lot of things we do is just tell people to pray their way out of the situation. You know, drug abuse is a, like drug addiction is what I'm talking about. Not a drug use. There's a lot of people who use drugs and they, it's fine. You know, they're not like that. It's not problematic. They're going to work. They're doing their thing. But there's some people that like fall out and it is problematic. So problematic drug use and how do you get out of that? Um, some of the most popular programs are really what you call faith-based, um, by which means you're pretty much praying your way out of the situation. Like, And to me, that's pathetic, bro. Oh, yeah. No, it is. You're, you are 100% correct. That's pathetic, bro. Um, and that is the... Because the pathet- you have no fucking self-will. You, you, you have to... You have to lean on something else bigger. I mean, come on. There should be nothing bigger than yourself. Well, that's... Because yeah. Sorry, I'm interrupting. No, no, absolutely. The, Go that's, ahead. that's what the kind of the centerpiece of a lot of faith-based organi- like programs are, are the extent that you have to admit that yourself, you have to admit to a higher power that you are incapable of doing that. And it's like that higher power is not like your dad or your principal, you know, it's like talking about God. It's, and so a lot of programs that we see in the community that are free are faith-based, and a lot of those programs have horrible success rates. So that's where the, the, how the, the patheticness comes in, is like, for instance... If 100 people start on January 1st, by December 31st, uh, like the end of the year, there might be like two and a half people left in some programs. That's not success rate. That's a one-year annual completion rate. Completion rates for these things kind of hover between like zero to two and a half percent. You see these billboards, you know, like, you know, some kids hooked on meth, like 10, 20 large gets them off of that. Those programs, maybe one in 10, maybe a 10% chance of kind of working. They are more, more like kind of have issues uh, or not issues, kind of looking at it from a more holistic approach as opposed to just praying. Um, but still, they're also very uh, cagey about letting you know about their success rates. Um, have you heard of like the Matrix model over at uh, UCLA's uh, substance abuse program, the integrated substance abuse program there? No, tell us about it. Well, yeah, no, so yeah, this is what I'm getting at. You, this is the point. You've not heard of that, but you've no. heard of like Alcoholics Anonymous or Marijuana Anonymous. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. A lot of people know about programs that are ineffective, that do not work, but we're unaware of programs that do work. That's the point, what I'm getting at. Why is that? Good question. You know, um, there's a lot of programs that we have that like whether to prevent people from doing things like gangs or drugs that are 100 percent anti-theoretical. Like they're not they're not anti-theoretical. They are atheoretical, meaning they're not based on any types of theory. They're not based on any kind of science. It's simply a couple of guys got together and said, hey, isn't this a good idea? So, for instance, from about 40 years or so, the kind of the prevention programs that we have, whether it's for drugs or gangs or even violence, really consists of three words, right? Pretty much. You guys want to know? You guys guess those words? No. You know what those are? Like, just say no. Yes. Or just something, just don't do it. I mean, that yeah. 
is in a lot of ways. Like, that's what we say to, you know, the D.A.R.E. program. I mean, it was a good campaign. They made a lot of money off that, bro. Well, I mean, but that's just it. It was ineffective. It did not do anything. I mean, it's like, is that the best that we got? Just say no. And so, I mean, you're (laughs) I mean, do we really want to solve addiction? Do we want to solve homelessness? Because if we did do that, then how many people would be out of a fucking job, bro? Well, that's a very, that's a, I don't have the answers to that one. So, um, but I'm just saying in general, across the board, I think it applies. Oh, yeah. No, good question. Um, I mean, the, uh, yeah, the assumption of the addiction field is yeah, huge. Again, a lot of the reason why it is so cagey about these kind of success rates is to keep that kind of money machine going. You yeah, know? yeah. Mean, get off drugs mm, and come get, get on this mm, pharmaceutical right I here. mean, I'd love to see more truth in advertising. You know what I'm saying? It'd be like something like, you know, hooked on meth, you know, 20 large gives you a one in chance, 10 in chance of getting off. You know, that's about right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, but that's not what we, you know, that's not what we do. I'm not too sure how much the Matrix program is. But a lot of these things are expensive. What does it consist of? What does a matrix program consist of? That is, you know, I would not be, I'm not a, I, I'm not professional enough or adept at it enough to what kind of be accurate. It? It's what I would say, it's again, it's much more of a holistic program looking at drug abuse from a variety of sides, looking at it kind of from a kind of neurochemical, uh, neurological kind of chemical dependence, but also kind of a social and cultural aspect. Again, I do not know the various components about it, but I do know more about in terms of just overall effectiveness. Again, so looking at, again, faith-based programs versus kind of those run by um, like so-called treatment centers where they you know, take the kids out and you know, do some wilderness camp versus things like I mentioned uh, the Matrix model over at uh, um, ISAP. So again, it's not exactly how those programs work, but really what are the what, what is the res- end result? How um, uh, do they work or not? So, and this is kind of like, you're getting to know these just because in the sense if anybody asks you, which does happen to me, like as in the sense that not as a professor, almost a practitioner, uh, where would we go? Where would you recommend if somebody was on these drugs to kind of, if they had the money or, or not, or, you know, to get, to get, to get help. So, so yeah, does that make sense? I know what kind of works. I don't know exactly the various components of those programs. Yeah. Absolutely. You're just looking at the outcomes. I think, I think individuals, and it depends on what drug they're on because, Different drugs do different things to you. I mean, if you're sticking a needle in your arm from heroin, man, that's just a. I mean, I, I think the the success rate of people overcoming that addiction is uh, far less than maybe methamphetamine, right? Um, but I'm just saying uh, what I'm saying that to say this, bro. Um, I think really there's so many layers in individuals that are gang members are drug addicts of why they, you know, took that road, took that path. There's so many layers and you really like I think to get these people reformed is it's going to take a lot and a lot of work from multiple professionals to dig deep and have them unpack, let loose. Then you got to show them a different life and show them, hey, bro, you are worthy. You know, show them a different life. Like you can't. I, I used to always trip out on dudes, bro. They they would have these uh, tough love programs where dudes would come to gang members and be like, "You want to die? You want your, you know, bop 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 this that bop." And they're in these dudes' faces, and I was there, man. And uh, and I and I've seen it. I've seen it up close, and I and I would laugh in my head because these young kids would be just like, man, they'd have a little sideways grin in their face, and they'd just be like, "It's a hundred percent fuck you." You know, and that scare straight tactic is stupid. I mean, to pick them up and take them somewhere, show them a better life. And, you know, after they s- start experiencing more and more of that, then maybe they're going to want some of that and find a way to get to that, you know, opposed to someone screaming in their fucking face about where they're going to potentially end in prison or uh, a grave, you know. But, th- you know, that's a little 
I just wanted to throw that out there, bro. That's oh, kind of no. my. You're correct. Again, like I said, um, I could tell you about the outcomes of programs and those things are they, the scared straight, the boot camps, those types of things. Um, they get tough. Uh, they are not only ineffective; they are counter-effective, meaning that people come out of there more criminally involved than they were in. So yeah, no, hundred percent. One thing you did mention that is important too, um, in terms of at least that I have found. Um, again, in my work, um, is that, and, and that sits also with other research, is that when people get out of the gangs, one thing that helps them is seeing beyond the hood. So, I mean, and, and what I mean by that is kind of, gang members live this life from what they're telling me. Okay, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? This is like, this is what <laughs> relax, they're saying. Relax, This is relax. not, yeah, right. So, relax, the shows right now. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, Don't when, crack that egg, sir! You know, no, like, go ahead, brother. Like, do what you do. Like talking but to I them. gotta give a little pushback once in a while, no, if please. I feel need to, but that sure. is not my agenda to do. No, no, no. I, I understand that because yeah. it might not be related to your experience or the other dude's experience. But that's, again, I don't have a personal experience living that life that I can talk about. Would or that be the it. best way for a sociologist or anybody in uh-huh. that field is to get, you know, bro, put your... Put your bandana on your head, homie, and in. jump on that car, bro, and and go and really experience this shit. Okay, See well, what's really going on. There are, there but that are. takes nuts, and that's risky, bro. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna go. Okay, so number one, there are there are people in my position that were former gang members, meaning they're professors, hundred percent. Okay, and I shout we don't have this. Yeah, so yeah. Well, shout out to you too. So. Yeah, well, thank you, thank you. That, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, but you remember what I said about drugs earlier, about the objectivity thing? Yeah. yeah so well, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. I think that also might apply to gang members, especially when it comes, like, meaning, like, um, again, I'm saying it could. I'm saying perhaps it does. Um, so, but I also think that there there is an authenticity and something you see in the social sciences more generally, where people were like we're part of a culture, we're part of some part of society and then ended up studying that part of society, 100%. So um, to kind of pull back though, what, I, what, I, what did I wanted to ta- mention about how people uh, get out of gangs, one thing that helps is this idea that I'm seeing beyond the hood. So there is even like an intervention program here that um, works, it's called like Bus to the Beach. It takes kids like who live off of Western on the 10, you know what I'm saying, the beach is not that far, but they've no. never been. And you're like, 100%. wait a minute, you're born and raised in the California. Like, and you've never been to like Santa Monica Beach, and they haven't. And it's like a lot, sometimes that can do with fear. They fear going out of the community because if something could happen there. It's their comfort zone. Right. And so it is this, and even kind of talking to, you know, part of my research, guys would say, I've never been over here. I've never been over there. And even when it was like an adjacent area, and again, it just gives, it just, it's this idea of living in an area of fear due to violence where if you step out of certain areas, things like really could happen to you. So one of the things that has helped with people who have leaving gangs is this idea of seeing beyond the hood, seeing kind of like a life beyond that, so to speak. So, yeah, that's absolutely valuable. Yeah, 1000 percent. And, you know, these individuals, I mean, maybe once upon a time ago it was me, you know, uh, in Highland Park, never going to a Dodger game, but always seeing the blimp in the air, right? The Goodyear blimp. Um, we know what we know, and some individuals are just raised in this environment, you know, that is basically going to, like, their parents aren't teaching them anything different, you know? So if you if you have people that were feeding you at one point in time and have never, not teaching you anything different, then how are you going to know? And um, it just, um, it, it, it sucks, bro. Better lack of words, bro. It sucks, you know. And, and it's not going to change unless, you know, these individuals are, are their families. They change in the next generation for, the, for their people, right, their kids. Oh, yeah. 
it seems now if I'm not mistaken, you're getting on why people join gangs. Yeah, would you yes, like me to yes. talk on that? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes, that's okay. Yeah. And yeah. this to be straight up about this, okay? Um, again, all based on research, talking to people, asking them, <laughs> why did you do this? Tell me about your life. Tell me about your family, the environment that you grew up in, okay? Uh, yeah, please, please. One, Refusal please. tends to offend. Yes. Now, let me tell you, this is what I would, I've said this in court. It's a published it in book. This seems to what's coming up, all right, is that the individuals who join gangs, their lives, what goes on in their lives prior to doing that, it's just so horrible, whereby gang membership becomes the best option in a series of horrible options. And if that's going to happen, if you're going to join a gang and all of a sudden now, you are a target for deadly violence. That's got to be a pretty kind of something, you know, some serious fear. Thank you very much. Like serious kind of childhood, right? That's what we're talking about. This is a childhood. Well, you're looking for, they're looking for love. This, this is what I'm saying. Like, and that is like, what is going, like how, how tragic must your home life be where this is going on? How tragic must it be in your community where this is acceptable? How tragic must it be that like, you're like this is just part of like life it's uh, horrible, yeah, right? right and that's what i'm getting at and so time there's a lot of myths about there that people are in a sense running to gangs right as opposed to running from something and you know or that it's just this non-stop type of party you know and or just fantastic life and i'm like man you know, the smartest thing you, you can do to survive in this world is get out of that gang. And so you get what I'm saying? Like, what is how the conditions that have shaped individuals to get in there must be horrific? Well, they felt like nothing, bro. They felt like this, nothing. Mm -hmm. They felt like nothing. And they got accepted by people other than, the, than their family. They, they gave them love, bro. They were looking for and it felt good, bro. And so you understand what it is to be around these type of individuals and so you know what you got to do to get more some of that love that feels so good, you know? And and this is what these individuals do. This is what I did, you know? And um and and and, and it's and you're and you're somebody, bro. You're somebody. Yeah, you might be somebody on this two block radius or this fucking shitty ass alley, but to the ones that hang out in that alley or raised in that alley, it's the best alley in the fucking world, bro. This fucking alley is the fucking shit and we have Tons of good memories that happened in this alley as well as bad ones, you know. But it's just at the end of the day, it comes to acceptance. It comes to kids that didn't have the proper guidance in life, you know, for whatever. Their parents dropped the ball, you know, if, if their parents before that dropped the ball. I mean, it's just a fucking domino effect, you know. But this is people in this lower playing field than the fucking big universe, right, of just people doing amazing things, right? I mean, but I guess there's just a, there's a definition of amazing things on just different levels. They're doing amazing things in this alley. They're doing amazing things over here changing the fucking world. I mean, it, it's, yeah, I get it, bro. And it may be hard for somebody not to get it that has never been there or experienced any of those type of shortcomings, you know, that was put on their plate in life, bro. They were raised with that and they said, all right, this is what I got to work with, you know, but there's people that are smarter than that. Like you said, you have kids that have uncles and this and that, you know, that are, were a part of that. Well, they're the small percentage that were smart enough to say, hey, I'm not doing that shit. Fuck that, you know? And, 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 they, and they change their ways and, and they, they learn from 
their family members, their neighbor, you know, and they do different, but that's a small percentage though, because that's not very popular in the hood to do. That's a good question. What percentage of guys actually leave the gang? I, I don't know, but I would say this. It is a lot of people end up do leaving the gang, and it's not a lot of, like, ceremony, you know? There's not a lot of, like, raising balloons or throwing out doves, you know, or just, like, you know what I'm saying, like, fanfare. They just drift away slowly. What happened again, I'm not, this is not my opinion, yeah. experience is what they're saying. What happens, too, is, like, what happens to people naturally, right? As we kind of age, you know, we kind of take on more adult responsibilities. You know, one of the things we do is we fall in love. We fall in love and we have kids. You know, sometimes we take that really seriously, yeah? So, like, what do you want to do tonight? You want to hang out with the homies and smoke some sherm, or do you want to get some love tonight over there? It's like, hey, I know what I'm doing. You following me here. And then it's like, hey, I want to keep that love going. She wants me to get a job. I'm going to go get a job. So you're telling me right now that you've never had sex on sherm? Because it is a fucking amazing, sir. Um, Have you ever? fucked on space um, that's what it is like being on sherm yes, bro let me sex. just say this to, i have never taken sherm at all so we're just gonna move right on there because <laughs> well it's, um, i mean maybe maybe what is this i could smoke you're at, I could, you're maybe, at hoodstock sir. maybe what's going on well then let's do this then like, maybe say let's just say i could smoke sherm with the homies or i could go smoke sherm with her okay so how does that sound yeah, yeah. so you get what i'm saying maybe <laughs> yeah, gonna go, yeah, so go. i'm gonna go smoke with her smoke sherm with her and have sex in space because i'm not having sex in space with them dudes okay <laughs> <laughs> Let's so, go, baby. Let's go. I Thank mean, you, you know, or Thank maybe, you. you know, I mean, maybe, but maybe that's the thing. So, um, okay. So, again, you know, it's this idea of really, you know, getting out of things because you're taking on more adult responsibilities and more adult interests, right? And so, again, you're with your girl, you have a kid, and then you have a job. It's like, when are you gang banging? And again, it's just what happens is it's not just one individual doing that, it's all the individuals who came up together. They grew up together, they joined the gang together, and they're all, at the same time, they're falling in love, they're having kids, they're taking on, they're getting jobs, and it's like, as a group, in a sense, they also peel out of the gang, because that's really what's really powerful. And some of these gangs have hundreds of thousands of members, but it's really kind of powerful, those like small cliques, those guys who grew up and knew one another. So those are where those ties to the gangs are strongest. So if everyone on that same clique is peeling out at the same time, falling in love, having kids, getting jobs, yeah, the strength of them getting out of the gang is stronger. 100%, bro. 100%. I mean, you're, you're, you're being a good example amongst the individuals. I mean, you once ran with on the streets, and people see, they're like, man, if Lucky can do it, shit, I can do it. I can go to school for five years. I can do this. I can do that. And so, yeah, and that's one thing that I do right here, brother, Dr. Uh, Bill Sanders, is I, um, I I promote hope, brother. I don't, I don't... I don't condone the stupid violent shit, bro. But you know what? At the end of the day, that's trickled down from politics in the in the in the big world. You know, violence is everywhere. Violence makes the world go round in all levels. It's never going away. Violence is never going away. How do you feel about that? Um, yeah, dude. No, that's not that's not like you know. We're always gonna have to breathe air. I mean, yeah. you're not saying anything profound. Yeah. You know no, what I'm saying? I'm not, like, trying, you know, I'm not acting like, <laughs> like I'm saying I'm profound, like, but yeah. I'm just saying like <laughs> it's all the way down, bro. It's gonna yeah. forever happen. Mm. There's a, you know, no, there's no such now thing as a perfect. His shots. No, 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 no such thing as a perfect society. No, you know, yeah. all of that crime is always going to be here, and violence is always going to be here. Yeah, but um, if you want to talk about gang violence in LA, yes. that yes. that's not everywhere. It's very, very particular here. Let's and, talk you know, about it. Your research. Okay, it's not just my. This my work is beyond my work. Um, and I don't know. I haven't seen the data on this in like several like several years. But for many, many years, like decades, um, like every other homicide in LA was called gang related, which means it was just essentially done by a gang member. Um, and so you don't have that. Like Chicago would be the only um, city 
would have that type of percentage. And um, so gang violence is very, very particular over here in L.A. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you guys something right now, okay? I'm going to show you about violence, okay? Now, I want you to do this for me. You out there and whatever, re- listening to this stuff, you do the same thing in your mind. The first thing that comes to your head when I say this, okay? You guys ready? You guys ready you guys over here? Ready? You guys ready, ready over here? Okay, here goes. Ready? Someone hits you, what do you do? Oh, my God, that's right. Isn't that right? You just hit them back, don't you? Right, yeah, you're going to prison. See you later, sir. Okay. Nah, you want to shoot, wanna bro, shoot them? Check it out. See you're promoting later. weakness, bro. Uh, okay. Check it out. Okay. You're, you're, you're promoting a, a, a soft it's, individual that's going to back down and take the fucking with the world. When the world shovels shit on you, you're going to fucking take it and say thank you. Nah, bro, and, you shovel shit right back on them, bro. And that's why we have my first answer of the wasn't. My first answer wasn't hit him back. Oh, yeah. Of course not. But, Look you know, at you. But that's I know. But you, you, you okay? I, if if you okay. tongue kiss him really quickly, picky on the neck. I'm not promoting anything. No, okay? yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I know told you, I'm doing a little do test here. We are talking about. Do you have, do you not, I don't want to talk about my family. Okay, well, right check it out. I have kids, bro, okay. and I don't. I'm not worried of talking about my family, bro. Okay, okay? and so. When sometimes when you have kids, if you do or not, you don't want to talk about it. I respect it. It's all good, bro. We're here for your 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 science yes. and your research, I'm not your personal yes. life. Okay, yes, and I respect okay. that. And but it's it's like this. <laughs> okay. Okay. So if I have girls and a boy punches my daughter, what am I supposed to tell my daughter? You know. You asked me about the culture of violence here in L.A., and I'm telling you about that. Okay, okay. so this isn't something wonderful, parent, all I, of that I just stuff. Know what and you I'm, think. I'm telling you that notwithstanding, okay? Here's the food for thought, and I, and I don't want to, like, jump off on this, okay? Is that do you, do you think maybe that we can kind of develop masculinity in a young man without violent prowess? Have you ever seen kind of what it's like to yeah, take jiu-jitsu, one jiu-jitsu. To, to take one on the chin and not punch back? That's difficult, dude. Okay, now and again, well, life we're will, not, life, we life are will not, give that to you without a, an actual physical. You know, and I tell you what, that happens enough times, people can stop punching you. Now I, I tell you what, you keep on punching, it's going to go over and over and over again. Check I it out. guarantee if I didn't stop you, punching, I yeah. wouldn't be here the today. Culture, and then you know, what? if I didn't stop punching back, I wouldn't be here today in yeah. the environment and that I was raised in. The, now, okay. if you're raised in an environment where you ain't got to punch back. And you can still survive. Well, fucking congratulations, salute to you. I know. Thank you. But we're, yeah, just go. Is that you? It's worked very it's well worked. for me. Oh, okay, right, right. okay. But, but I mean, but <laughs> and it's worked well for him. You no, know, right. And it, but the, the thing is, is like it, it, it's that is a continuation of like something that people it's hard to escape. That Absolutely. is why you know this whole disrespect. What did you say? All I mean, it's like you know. What we could gather by just letting it go, does that really mean we're a pussy? Does that really mean we're going to, I mean, you know, I, I'm not, like, those are rhetorical well, questions. Analyze, those are rhetorical you questions. You analyze all rhetorical. situations. And not every situation is a punchback situation. Uh-huh. You analyze course, the, the, the the particular moment in time of what exactly is transpiring, bro, and you decide. But that's Should yeah. I punch back or should I let this go? And ba ba ba. That's the magic of the question. The, the, okay, that's let, the magic of the question. Let, let me tell you. You don't know I, the situation. Let me tell you where I was taking this. Okay. okay so w- what it is, is that within LA, you do have a particular culture, like a gang culture of violence. It's kind of like a hair trigger, like that. Yeah. So it's not only somebody. You don't even have to hit you. They can look at you wrong, or maybe yeah. you just. They, maybe they're trying to trap you. You guys know what a trap that trap is? You know what you're looking at. That's a total trap. There is no way. The only way to get out of that one is turn around and run. It's like no, no, no. no. 
no, no, you're, you're wrong. Right. And then, okay, I'm looking at but a I'm, handsome motherfucker. What I'm saying here, have a is good day, sir. Wrap you into getting you, you, mixed you're dumbing up down and gang and members violent. too hard, bro. No, you're saying they're total it's, idiots, it's bro. Not, they not, only have one way to react to I'm something. That's that bullshit, that's, bro. That's not about gang nah, members. You tell me that at this point in time, I'm saying I'm looking at a handsome motherfucker right now, dog. Shit. Have I mean, a good day. You I mean, can deflect it. Yes, I mean, I mean deflection. The art of deflection, what, uh, that's, sir. That's with, it's uh, again. Big it's sexy. it's what, what I'm talking all about. You. What I'm talking about here is why we have a particular culture of violence. Because earlier you were saying violence is everywhere, and I'm agreeing with that. But if we're talking about gang violence, we're talking about Los Angeles. There is a very particular culture here. 100%. The, the, okay, the violence. 100%. The violence here in LA drives the entire violence rate of California, and the reason of that is what I'm trying to mention here. This particular culture. Am I saying I'm not trying to dumb anyone down? But it's again, you're like, you don't have to necessarily disrespect somebody to get that. It's kind of like maybe actively sought out to kind of test some type of prowess to kind of prove that you're not someone to be messed with. And again, what I'm getting at here is if that is the case, that traps people in that lifestyle. Agree. That's what I'm, that, and again, that's what we're talking, I believe, about. So, um, that has been fairly consistent, <laughs> that culture here in L.A. for quite some time. Don't let them get to you. Don't it's, let them get to you. It's not necessarily getting to me. It's like, what, what, are, what are we doing here? If it's going to be like, just, if it's going to be like, that's we're bullshit, not, dude. We're that's not, not my experience. A, well, I'm like, not okay. A oh, okay. We're not having, I'm not trying to have a combative conversation, but being the fact that you're talking about something that you've done research on and I've fucking lived it fucking hand and fucking foot. Um, you know, bro, am I not supposed to give okay. you a little pushback I'm or give you my you, opinion back on stuff? You don't think you've been combative. I have said I, I, I have said several things that are my research, and you're like, that's bullshit. Well, your like, research is bad, bro. Okay, well, it's, it's like, but it's, then, it's, then fine. But okay. it's of and a this, is depend, this is like depending on Surrey no, for no. everything. But, but no, that's, but, but that's, that's like, but that's just like Siri questioned fine. every single I mean, person, and that's the answer for every single person like, based on data, though. It's not, if there's, yeah, if we interviewed 100 luckies, and this is based off, a hundred luckies, and yeah. His well, there's different generations, be, too. Dude, I mean, there's different exactly. generations you that, do research hey, on, too. That whole thing that yeah. I told you about, what the number one thing gang members do is this generation and the previous one, going back to the 70s. And again, if it doesn't fit with your personal experience, I get that. That's not what I'm here to do, is sit there and knock anyone's personal experience or question what y'all did. I'm going like, hey, what do you find in your work, Bill? What did they tell you? And that's what I'm telling you. And you're going like, that's bullshit. I'm like, okay. You know what? At, the end, of, me at the end of the podcast, I might say, I might share with you the research I've done on surfers, dude. But I mean, I don't give it. The thing is, is like when I ask you for it, then sure, I'm not asking you for that. You're a, you came here to ask me to do this. Let's do it, baby. So, Let's I mean, do it. Like, relax, simmer let's, down. Look, dude, simmer down. Take I, a step back. I, you know, <laughs> relax. I'm, I'm not trying to get you too riled up, sir. You know what I mean? And so you sat. You you've gone to court you and you sat, you, on, you sat on. Someone said Jerry. Jerry. All right, PJ. All right, Jerry, baby. Man, I love that dude. <clears throat> Grew up on that dude. Hey, you know, but really quick, no one's asking about Steve. You know, I mean, how is that guy? Is yeah, that right? right? Come on. Right? I think you can almost pass for Steve. Look, dude, let's not turn this into Jerry, all right? <laughs> let's, 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 you know, or Richard Bay or all of the, you know, right. So Casey told me you were, you were uh, over the phone, you were very energetic fun conversation on the phone so sorry to let you down no and you are <laughs> sir you are sir no you are sir and and, and i apologize brother if i am uh if i'm coming across as too combative combative and i apologize about that bro let's just move forward on 
this conversation of having you on here to share your experiences, your research. So you've sat, you've gone to court. I mean, yes, you, you've been you've been asked to be uh, an expert in certain situations in regards to maybe someone fighting a murder or something. Yeah, can y'all believe that? I'm an expert on gangs in the courts of Los Angeles. Go figure. Yeah, for 12 years I've been doing that. Yes, sir. So. I'm sorry. So what do I what do I do on these things? So there's okay. There's a law in California. It's uh, California Penal Code 18622. It's um, if a crime is committed like for the benefit of, in association with, or the direction of a gang member, then you get what's called gang enhancements. Now what that'll do is put, you know, slap an additional kind of several years on you depending on what the offense was, right? Yes, sir. So the cases that I work on, it's not that the dude didn't do it. And let me just kind of tell you that right there, that that never happens. You understand what I'm saying? Like it's, in my experience, okay, it's never the wrong dude. It's like, oh no, it's some dude with one arm. You need to go get him. Like, no, <laughs> it's your ass. It's like why they did it. That's what's going on. So a lot of times, like, one gang member will shoot another gang member. But the reason has nothing to do with the gang. It's usually, like, there might be some girl involved, and they're screwing this girl, and they're like, that's what's up, you know? And they're like, yeah. that happens all the damn time, like, all the time. That is so, correct research, sir. <clears throat> Lucky could agree well, to that thank one. You. No, no, wow. Wow. Well, well, thank you. No, half the, half the shit <laughs> that happens, dude. bro, is over a fucking female. <laughs> but that's just not in gangs, bro. <laughs> that's it's in an hour in, finally. <laughs> an hour in. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I mean, things like that or, you know, it's just even if it's, um, you know, what are some other things like that happens a lot or, you know, they're selling drugs. That's another thing. So they're selling drugs, but they're doing it for the gang. And I'm like, no, they're not. The dude got caught with like what? Like a quarter of meth. You think that's going to really kind of make some big old. You know, it's like, yeah, here you go. I'm going to dish you this stuff out. I'm like, I doubt that, that, it. You know, no. This is what I'm saying. So this is this is just it. So they do, or they'll do a robbery, okay? Like, I mean, like, and again, like, the, I think that either the prosecution or the jury or maybe just people in general think, like, I know some gold chain is going to get $1,000 from it. I'm like, no, dude, look, there's 10 cents on the dollar on the streets. Gold chain's $1,000. That dude snakes that. That's maybe worth 100 bucks if he knows where to get it. And so what is he going to do? Take that 100 bucks and divvy it up to 1,000 numbers on a gang? Here's, like, 50 cents each. This is what we're supposed to do. Like, it's, that's ridiculous. Like, a robbery is a crazy, like... Div- you go. You right on that shit. You... Well, 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 that's two. That's I like two. That's two. You know what, bro? Yeah. I'd like to be a fly on the wall while he's talking to his colleagues freely. And I'm going to be on a fly on the wall with a fucking big old blunt in my motherfucking mouth. And this fly is just going to be having a good time. Go ahead, sir. We might smell the blunt, dude. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird fly. Be like, let's get the hell out of here. Right. Okay. So, um, or what else happens? So, no, no, hold on a second. So, when they ask you to go to, you spoke on a very, uh, I'll say vaguely, um, and I don't know how uh, much you can talk about this because um, there's probably a certain confide- confidentiality in regards to cases, but we don't have to talk about no particular cases, naming any names. Oh, yeah, you don't have to worry about that, dude. We ain't talking about shit like that. But, yeah, continue, please. <laughs> there's not, like, I cannot say names. I know that, like that. There's no but, way. But I'm, I'm talking yeah. to the audience right now. I'm not talking oh, to okay, you. Oh, okay, okay, excuse me. Yeah, I'm talking to the audience, <clears throat> sir. Um, simmer down over there, please. Get it together, though. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's, I like that. Simmer down. Um, when Bill's evidence comes to the table, huh? So when you get on the stand and they say, hey, bro, 
This dude killed this dude for the gang. I mean, so you you get on stand and you say, nah, 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 fuck that. He didn't kill for the gang. You know what I mean? He had a problem with a female. I got the fucking, I seen his Instagram post. I know what's going on. I mean, uh, what, what exactly are you doing and where, how is the research coming? I mean, like, how do you present that? I, I'm unfamiliar with that. So I'd like you to explain that to me a little bit. No, sure. This really comes, I would say, um, more from evidence of the case rather than necessarily research. Well, I mean, research kind of plays a part in a little bit. So what you would have, like, okay, so at the direction of, that's part of the law, right? And so you're saying, all right, did this guy in a gang shoot this other guy, you know, at the direction of the gang? It's like, well, where is the evidence? Excuse me. So it's like, where in the discovery, which is kind of like, this is the kind of, you guys, you guys know what discovery is? It's like, this is the aspect of the You're case. talking about the channel, right? Um, well, no, no, like all the facts of the case, like this is the police you, report, the witnesses, all that type of stuff. So if there's something in the discovery that says, yeah, it's clear that like whatever this gang member told that gang member to shoot him, then they've got evidence at the direction of. But so that's what I'm saying. It's like, where is the evidence doing this? OK, so give me an example. You can say in association with the gang. So how does that like what would be evidence that an individual is committing a crime in association with the gang? Let's say that in the middle of it, like they're just shouting out the name of the gang like this is on you. You know, like fuck your set like this is on me. Bang, 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 bang. And shout out the name of their gang. hundred percent. You're like, yeah, OK, that's a gang related thing. I can't do anything about that. Yeah. yeah. But if, if no one, the witnesses hear anybody doing that, then it's like, OK, well, that's not necessarily um, gang related. So, and for the benefit of too. Okay. So like, what do you mean? And this is where they throw like these economic fences on it too. So again, a robbery you're like, okay, how does this robbery economically benefit the gang? How does this guy selling a quarter of math benefit the gang? It's kind of difficult when you break it down to how much all these things are actually worth and then kind of say to the jury, is that what he's going to do? Is he going to take a mm. hundred bucks and say, and divvy it up? So yeah. I mean, it's like, it's a lack of what you're saying is evidence. Okay, so yeah. point by point by point, you're, the evidence does not suggest this is done based on A, B, and C. Okay, and that's just from research is done. No, no, no. But, but, I, but, but, but I have been in situations where an eight ball of methamphetamine would most definitely benefit the gang this particular weekend in regards to what we got going on. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's <laughs> a, right, 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 right. That absolutely, but that's kind of, that, that, and that's kind of what you would say. You're like going, look, man, these guys are not selling this. They are burning through it. So you got a group of guys with an ape, 100%. They're like, oh, my God, they're having a great weekend. Um, yeah, please, uh, maybe another one of these as well. Oh, yeah, let me kind of get this going, yeah. So, like, you know, they're going to kind of do a little, what do they call it, that group sex thing? I, I can't remember what it was called. But, like, yeah, they're doing that. They're all tweaked out. There's, like, four or five Are you five talking about pulling a train, sir? An mm -hmm. <laughs> an Thank you. They called it. You calling that bot? Talking yeah, about they, the Amtrak? Yeah, it was now. They called it something else as well. I can't the, remember what it was. The Greyhound um, bus? Is that what is that what they call it? That was called something else it's as called well. Called greyhounding. So, thank you very much. Greyhounding. You. you want one of these? Uh, yeah, please, please, please. Thank you. Um, I just so, want to tell you this right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Go on. I love you, brother. Oh well, thank you. It shows. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, you are a fucking like you are just a fucking like dude. You are a fucking like a spunky ass dude that you just like you're deflecting and you're bobbing and you're weaving and you're you're hitting back still. You know what I mean? And uh. Uh, I, I just, I really, I, I really, I appreciate that, and I really respect that, and just let you know that everybody in this room right here is well, thank you is, is, is is on your team, brother. They're here with you. Thank Nobody you is against you. I'm giving you a little pushback on certain things, brother, but that's just what I do, and that's what I feel like in certain things. I'm not doing it on purpose, but sometimes you're saying something that I might 
you know, it, have a different. Uh, I just learned something. It's because he can't see past the hood. And I'm like, that, hey, oh my god, we I'm, just learned. What no, I, I I understand the hood, I'm sir. Joking, I understand joking. the hood. It's not seeing past it because I have I have gotten past the hood. But I understand it, and I have a I have an empathy within myself for cats that are still going through what I once upon a time went through because it, that shit that shit is pain that shit hurts, man, and that shit's just like you not you don't feel that you're worthy enough, bro, to be something better than what you're doing right now, hanging on the corner doing that dumb little dance. We see it, dog. That shit's stupid, dog. I mean, you gotta feel worthy, man, and 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 that's why I do this right here. To, to, to have and share stories, have people like you on, and, and just to try to figure this out of how do, can we feel worthy to do better than our environment? You know, one thing that's important to me is to be accurate to the people out there of what exactly it is that I'm saying and what it is that I'm not saying. So, yeah, yes. all good, all good. So, um, so yeah. So you get back to the stand. You get on the stand, and they say, "Hey, we need an expert." You said that you go through the you you. I mean, would that make you kind of biased if you actually read the the transcripts of the case? Would that make you biased of what's going on, or opposed to just on the fly? They're gonna, you know, you know what you not on the fly, but you know what you need to go and talk about. You don't know nothing about the case, and you just present your research opposed to hearing, seeing the transcripts, and then presenting your research. That might make you bias. Oh, no, no, okay, I, I see what you're saying here. Now, there are times when I have simply been asked to opine, right, to give my opinion about, like, gang members. So I'll give, would you like an example on that? A hundred percent. Okay, but, but, but also, there's times when I, they're saying it's gang related and I in order to find out need to read the discovery if I don't read what the police report says what the witness statements is what the maybe the preliminary transcript is then I'm going in blind and that's not good for the client the client is the dude who committed the crime you know what I'm saying so yeah. you want to go in there more the more is better in terms of discovery in terms of accurately telling them because they're gonna say did you read the kind of discovery do what did you read because if not how do you know about this case so there it's not about bias at all it's about being in formed so then in order to do your job to kind of help the defense in that case because I'm always called on the defense right you're now on, yeah you're called on the fence because it's a chess match okay yeah no no that's that's another point but you are very it's a very adversarial system and you are 100% correct we are taught you know innocent and too proven guilty until you start working in the system and it's not like that at all I mean they're pretty much assumed guilty you got to work your way out of it and essentially prove a negative now kind of back to your other point about bias there are times when I am simply called up hey I'll give, give you an example one of the more recent ones here in Long Beach um, it was um, do gang members when they're in prison for instance or in jail would they kind of would they have a reason to lie about their involvement in violent offenses such as homicide and I'm like oh yeah hundred percent they could do that they could kind of try to make themselves a tougher or you know have like an incentive to to, to not be 100% truthful and simply to kind of give an impression like, you know, of protection. Don't mess with me. I'm a tough guy. So do you take my meaning there? So, and again, that is something that I've come across in my work, come across in research previously. So I have been called to testify just on that point. I didn't read any discovery or read something very minimal. And it was like, do they do this? Yes or no. And I was like, yeah, that happens. This is super random, bro. But I'm a it's super really random. Bad. I'm a super random person, bro. Alec Murdoch. Bro, I was uh, Alec Murdoch. Alec Murdoch, you're not familiar with that case. Pass on to that. I don't. I don't. I don't maybe I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was so bro, many. crazy case. Um. Anyways, we'll move forward from that. So moving forward, 
Um, and we, now we have an understanding of what is asked of you when it comes to these uh, these these cases. When you're you're asked to get on stand and share your expert uh, testimony or your expert uh, analysis on the situation of whatever um, the, the the team the the defense is asking or vice versa, right? Sure. Do you want to hear some crazy homicide stories? Uh, dude, shoot it. Okay. Let's go. Guys, okay. Here's okay. Here's what's up. All right. So. Um, I'm not going to mention the name of the gang. Why not? Okay? I because <laughs> because don't, don't, don't to be honest, um, no, I uh, it's it's more of a level of protection against everyone involved in the case. Okay, okay. so I don't want to disrespect the family, the victims of the family, or anything Absolutely. like that. And I don't want to like just blow anybody up if that makes sense. But I can tell you the story about like some of the things that I get and how crazy they. I mean, just how random they are. So okay. Um, my dude, my dude is like the client, the dude I'm representing, or, or helping out. Um, he had been tweaking like uh, two, three days, you know, he's up on meth, he's got a little combination of like meth, uh, hair, uh, what is it? Uh, Speedball. No, 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 no I, didn't mean, I didn't mean heroin, sorry. He's doing meth, uh, he's smoking a little weed, and he's like drinking whiskey is what I'm trying to say, not like, uh, not heroin. Um, and again, he's like chilling at like some car wash or something like that. I'm not exactly sure where he is. And he's just like absolutely out of his mind. He thinks he sees like the former like President Reagan or something like that. He's like, oh, hello, sir. You know, how you doing? I'm getting just really tweaking, you know? Um, what he does, uh, you know, he's got to get his shirt off. He's just kind of sitting there. You know, I'm just like, what the hell are you? <laughs> like in the car wash guy with his shirt off. But what he's got as well on the kind of table right there, he's got his shirt off. He's got his little kind of thing. It's like a little pie, little thing of whiskey. And he's got his uh, burner right there, some nine millimeter, and with an extra clip, just sitting right there. Um, and you know, he's like going up to people. He thinks like he sees like the former president. Okay, so this what happens then is this gang member shows up, right? This gang member's like, like you guys, just totally tatted up. It's clear what gang he's in, hundred percent. So he goes up to the guy and he's all, hey. You know, let me join your gang. I want to be in. You know, just tall out of his mind. You know, and this is like, you know, it's like a white dude, and then the dude's all like, you know, fuck off. You know, get that. You know, fuck you, dude. You know, like Latino gang, right? And um, and then so my guy's all, he's all okay. He's already got his shirt off, right? And so what he does is he's all okay. I'm uh, the guy. He probably thinks I'm wearing a wire. So he's all okay. So let me do this. So what he does is he takes his pants you. down, right? He fuck? drops his drawers right down by his ankle, right? And like homie is like sitting like over here, right? And so he goes up to him, like right there. He's like, look, dude, I'm not wearing a wire. Like, let me join your gang. Like, this on this dude's junk is like right in his face, right? And so, so, so he just goes like, you know, fuck off, you know, get the fuck away from me, right? You know, just like, you know, leave and all this stuff. And so, okay, my guy pulls up his pants, right? Goes over to the table, right? Picks up that burner, right? And then walks up to the dude, right? And then puts it at his head. And he goes, let me join your gang. And the dude's all, go ahead, pull the trigger. Homie obliges, boom, nails him that, stands over him. Bam, 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 bam. Goes back over to the table, pops in the fresh clip, goes over there, bam, 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 bam. 19 bullets, homeboy's gone. Throws the gun out and like shouts out like some crazy random name in the front of the street. Wow. So. Jesus lives. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> just like, just like no, something. Man. Just like, you know, just like, again, I'm, I'm being a bit careful about what I'm saying, so. Okay, now what happens, he's down there at the detective, right? Detective's interviewing him. He's still tweaking. He is just out of his mind. The, the, the detective's all, are you in a gang? He's all, I'm in all of them. Yep, I'm, you know, I'm every I'm single gang. I'm just like, just going off. And, then, and he's, uh, and, like, and like before and after he says he's in a gang, he says some shit like, there's this massive battle between good and evil coming and like I know about it because I have transistors in my teeth and the angels are talking to me 
through the transistors. And the detectives all okay. That's you know, just like this. Yep, 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 yep. So methamphetamine. Right, right, right. hundred yeah. percent. I mean, you got. I'm sure you know a lot of us in Southern California know about you know about that. I mean, cool. just some about something. You know, it's a thing down here now. So uh, the point that he got charged with a gang enhancement because he said while he was tweaking, you know, that he was in a gang, like all of them. You know, and I'm, I'm like, well, wait a minute, dude. He was saying that like the massive battle between good and evil and the angels and the transistors and his teeth. You, you didn't hear that or take that into consideration. They're just like, you know, nothing to see here. So yeah, we won. We won that fight, you know. But it's like, dude, dude went down like 30 years or something like that to life. You know, it's I like, mean, did he get? Did he get? And that's that's. Hold on. So the information that you put forward to me, if I was a sociologist or I was a criminologist, and this is the information that was put forward to me, then I understand, bro, that this dude needs to be, and he needs mental, serious mental help. Serious mental help. So is serious mental help giving him 30 years in prison and throwing him on a fucking main line? Probably not. But we understand the way the system works. It's a billion-dollar corporation, right? Well, um, I mean, yeah, now you're touching on another issue. Yeah, I know, and I'm not trying to do that. No, but no, 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 but I'm saying with mental health, and it's very important. I okay, think. that so one. So if, if you don't, if, if I just chime in here, is that um, what we do about mental health is incredibly poor in America. We essentially began to close mental health asylums beginning in the Carter administration in the 70s and continued that full-on in the 80s. We essentially opened up the asylums and let crazy people out on the street. And excuse me, I don't mean to be pejorative and say crazy people. but No, that's, that's like, right, bro. So <clears throat> your best, you know, honestly, like... Getting the thing about the criminal justice system is that if you are arrested, you have a chance, a chance of being detected for either substance abuse or some kind of mental health. Maybe it'll happen. So, but the idea that something is going to be like you're going to be like treated, you know, or it's going to be a proper diagnosis. Oh my God, no! I mean, it's terrible. We do not do anything for people with drugs and/or mental health. Nothing proper at all. And yeah, it's uh, it's a shame. So you are correct about that all day long. I mean, do you deal, uh, well, we're not gonna talk about your personal stuff, but I'll talk about my personal stuff. So, and, and probably your analyzation after today is you're probably saying, hey, lucky you're not done yet. I've been working on my mental health, brother, from, from the trauma, from the drugs, from doing time. And, and it, I, I believe that I will be working on it to the day that I die. But the first step is to make sure that you're working on it if you're dealing with some type of mental health. But you don't have to be from the streets, done prison, commit crimes to deal with mental health. I mean, it's 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 and it's been shunned upon, I believe. I might be saying the wrong word, but at one point in time, like if you had anything mental going on with you in the regular world. Right. You know, and then, you, you know, something you're fucked up, you know, but we all deal with it to one extent or another. And and um. I don't have a problem talking about it because I think it's important that guys hear me right here on the podcast and say, hey, if you're feeling a certain way, get yourself some help. I mean, how do you and and this is this is probably outside of your field. But how do you feel about like pharmaceuticals or people getting like some type of medication to help them with their mental health? Oh, that's a that's a very good question. Um it's a double-edged sword. Uh, benzodiazepines, I think, are incredibly dangerous. Uh, things like um, sleeping sleeping aids, you know, um, anti-anxiety medications, all of those. But I do know that it does help people out. And so, to that extent, I would say if anything is helping people, then that's wonderful. But man, I would really that's that's a that's, what's an that's, alternative uh, for that besides taking the drug? Because I personally sometimes I can't stop my mind from moving at nighttime and I need to shut it down and I got a prescription, bro. 
I have a prescription that I take that shuts my shit down, you know? You asking me what I would suggest? Yeah, outside of that, you yeah. know, the natural, sure. holistic yeah. way. Marijuana. Marijuana. 100%. Like, if you got, like, sleeping issues, anxiety issues, I would recommend marijuana over, like, anti-anxiety medications just because of the side effects. I, I, honestly, and it's, I, I would say that those things can change you, like, who you are. I've talked to people who make what's called SSRIs, like selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, and they wouldn't use them. The, the whole, you know, benzodiazepine thing is, I... Anywho, so um, oddly enough, if someone had like serious anxiety or serious depression or things like PTSD, I would recommend, I mean, this might be a bit controversial, but um, things like psilocybin, ketamine, um, mm -hmm. other types of MDMA, like the psychedelics. Mushrooms, baby. The, Let's uh, go. Psilocybin, right. This is, yeah. you know, there has been an organization that I've been following since 1993. They're called MAPS. It's the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. You had to read about those dudes in high times back then in 93, and now they're in the Atlantic. These guys are running proper systems. So we have come a long way in, I would say, not only using like drugs to help people get off drugs, because a lot of these things too help people with like heroin, meth, you know, crack addiction, but also these things that are very debilitating to average Americans, you know, just anxiety, you know, stress, depression. And I'll tell you something as well about the hood, yeah? And I, and, and I God bless individuals who live this life is that Violence impacts you, okay? I've talked to a lot of gang members and I've asked them this question. How likely is, do you think you're gonna die like from violently? They're like, before I can answer, they're like, oh yeah, no, this is gonna, I mean, I'm not, it's just my research, okay? Go ahead, But brother. it's like, that's not something that your average everyday person thinks is gonna happen, is they're going to die violently. A lot of young gang members don't think they're gonna live that long. They think that this is all they have. If they see it past 25, God knows. And so they're living their entire lives up to that using a lot of drugs, engaging in risky sex, and that in turn produces the kind of kids who are gonna grow up and experience the same things these, these guys do. So what I would say, I mean, the, the thing is, is like these dudes, okay, are super hard. You know, they've been, they, they've been shot at, they might be killers, you know, they've been around violence, they might see dead bodies, and it's not people dying of natural causes. It's horrible violence. So what I'm saying is, is like, what is the impact of that kind of violence on their lives? Mental health is something they can't talk about. They can't say to somebody, hey, you know, I'm feeling a little depressed because they'll get called up about their masculinity. But it is a very, very serious concern in the, you know, the black hood, Latino hood, just in general about what it is like, what it's like to live in a community. Like you're not even gang, you're not even crime, you're just an average everyday dude. What's it like you hear the sirens, you hear people fighting, people screaming, gunshots, the, you know, the, the police copter. What is that like, the overall impact on your life? It is serious. It's horrible, bro. You yes. know what, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. I, I have, there's been point in, uh, whew, there's been a lot of points in my life where I was arrested already. And the sirens would not turn off in my head. They would not turn off in my head. And that bugged the shit out of me. And, and, and so what would be your take on that? That when, obviously it's PTSD, it's trauma, right? Forever running from them sirens. When you hear them sirens, it's not them singing happy birthday to you. It means run for your life. If not, you're gonna end up in that fucking box. But it, yeah, I mean, so part of the route that I did, I'm sorry to cut you off, it's asking like young people in gangs about those things, like saying, how do you feel? Like, tell me, what are you about your day? Tell me, is there like, what do you experience on a day to day? And yeah, it's like collectively horrific. 
So the idea that these guys, I mean, again, we do a very poor job in society kind of with mental health, depression, anxiety, PTSD, and all kinds of things. What we do amongst the most marginalized in, in society, those who you know involved in crime, people getting out of prison, people in gangs, even less so. So, I mean, I cannot imagine you know, what that is like on a day-to-day. -day. And so when people make it out of that, it's just like, man, you know, birthday party, balloons, let's celebrate, dude. You have just radically increased your life chances. Let's kind of work on that. Let's keep that up. And, you know, we've had a lot of people that have made it out of that, that have been on Hoodstock's podcast. And, and you know what? Some people trip on me. So they're like, why are you celebrating him? Lucky, he killed somebody when he was 17 years old. Well, this man is in his early 40s, late 30s, you know, and he's he's not the same person. To me, he's not the same person, you know, and he should be celebrated, you know, from not, I mean, you can, it, it, it's so tricky, bro. It's a conundrum almost, you know what I mean? you celebrating, I'm celebrating somebody that once upon a time ago killed somebody, but I'm not celebrating that. I'm celebrating who the man is now and what he's trying to be in, in the direction that he's going. Um. There's, a, there's another thing I don't think they tell people about what it's like to shoot and kill somebody, right? That will impact you the rest of your life. When you take a life, yeah, no matter what the circumstances, you're going to have a difficult time. Like seeing ghost type of shit. Like you are going like, I, you know, yeah, man. So, and I think there's a message that's kind of missed on that. There's more of this thing about this demeanor of it being tough. It's not the outcomes of the violence. Yeah, and that's another thing talking to these guys. Some of them, you know, they, they don't, the ones that survive, the ones that get survived like shootings or stabbings and all, or all the like, horrible type of beatings. Yeah, man, they're gonna be carrying scars with them both inside and outside for the rest of their lives. <clears throat> so, um, so yeah, you know, it, it's like, when I work in the, inter the intervention agency, I talk about like the guys being in, in the fire. You know, you gotta pull them out of the fire, you know, kind of dust them off. Like, hey, dude, you know, you've been living this kind of life where, you know, you could be gone like that. You know, congrats, I'm saying congratulations, you know, stop, you know, stop, just put those flames out, stop throwing, get you back in, you know, to be more productive. Because that energy that that dude produces helps not only him, but his community. Now, if all kinds of dudes were making that same kind of move, that kind of entire community benefits. So, I mean, we're doing this work right here. Does it pull you closer to the individual that has been through these things? Or does it push you, push you for, uh, further away from the individual? I mean, do you have a soft heart to these individuals that have, uh, you know, I mean, maybe you've had a privileged life or maybe you've had responsible parents that were able to lead you in the right direction opposed to these individuals? I mean, how does it affect you personally, if I'm okay to ask that? Well, sure. I would say that there's a lot of people out there that have had really good parents and really good lives that aren't doing anything like this work at all. So I don't know if that's not necessarily, I would say, something to do with me personally, but I would say that I, as a researcher, at one point, uh, to me, you gotta like, at one point, are you, when you stop doing research and you're actually doing something based on your research, like, are you actually trying to help? So the, um, so if you were to ask me right now, if some dude was in a gang, like now he said, hey, Bill, I wanna get out of a gang, I could absolutely show him where to go. And it's not, maybe, it's, it's not something that you've heard of before, but I know what I would say that that dude would have a very good chance of like, you know, meeting like-minded people and kind of being on the right track, getting kind of uh, uh, career advice, career readiness, even basic things, social security, driver's license, yeah. like all of this stuff. These guys, don't even, these guys don't even know, some, sometimes don't even know about that stuff, how to get all of that stuff, so. And that's, so a, con yeah. and that's a connection for some people. That's like, the, you know, some people only have a drug connect. They don't have the fucking connect to 
better their life or to uh, for someone to show them saying hey bro there's these different programs it could potentially help you or maybe if you uh smoke the weed and you get off these fucking pharmaceuticals dog you know what i mean like uh, some people have a lack of direction you know and and they're forever never gonna change their ways all right, and to answer your question, <clears throat> it's not necessarily that I'm kind of soft on the individuals. It's more like the organizations that the individuals will work with. So if you take my meaning, the organizations will always be there. The individuals going through gangs or drugs will also, it's kind of just, you know, the next one, so to speak. So I don't necessarily get any kind of like, I would say close to individual, like people, you know, gang members or drug users or clients like that, but it's more the programs. Like I know those guys who work there and I would absolutely, you know, I, I, I do an internship with them. I mean, the kind of money where my mouth is. I have my students going down there helping them. I am like on call for their help. I'm public, you know, I have a forthcoming publication on there, uh, what they do, so yeah. Uh, have you, you so I, I, if I, if I remember correctly, have you you've written some books? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I've got like three dozen publications. Like, oh, where, know, like where can <clears throat> where can people find these publications and what are they about? Like Amazon. Like okay. if you if you type in my name, Bill Sanders, comma gangs, in a search engine, you'll see all kinds of publications. Like I got a textbook called Gangs on Amazon. You know. Also, too, I, I don't like get money off of this stuff. Are you kidding? Like, I mean, I get like a dollar a book or something. <laughs> dude you know because the, 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 with the publisher fees I mean, and everything I, I mean it's not like uh, this whole thing you're like oh you write books you must be a millionaire it's like no dude like academic books are you don't earn money at all I mean maybe the god bless you write a textbook and there's some dudes out there that are doing that but that's not me so well you're going to see yeah. your numbers go up after this podcast. I mean uh, that's, that's what I'm saying like I, it's not like it's not it, it wouldn't five dollars it wouldn't matter like at all I'm like oh wow you know right, go with this whole <laughs> got another fish taco I can buy all right it's so wonderful you know wonderful it's not that's not what it's about like I I wouldn't be like advertising my wear, so to speak, to go buy and I, and I and I kind of understand what you're saying. You're saying you don't do it for the money. No, no, no. There's no money in this stuff. Like what it is is, you know, I'm a professor. You know, there's things that I think at least as far as I thought you're supposed to do as a professor is do research, get involved in the community. And so it turns out that that's not what you have to do or supposed to do. But that's what I think is right, and that's what I do. Absolutely, and, I, and thank you for that, brother. Um, when you so being a professor, uh, you you teach at a college. And you are a professor that teaches sociology? Uh, criminal justice. Criminal justice. Criminal justice. So what, what comes with criminal justice? And, and the individuals that are taking this class, are they becoming future lawyers, maybe uh, DA, so on and so forth? A good question. Um, a lot of my students, we are one of the largest departments on campus um, and have been since I've started there. Criminal justice is very, very popular. Um, we have, we attribute, a lot of us attribute that to what's called the CSI effect where, you know, since the turn of the century, they've been watching like, you know, CSI, Miami, whatever, NCIS, this whole idea that like you can solve the crime by the microscope or whatever. It's just nonsense. None of that stuff works. It's just total BS. Um, forensic science is a bit of an oxymoron. Not really a science. I mean, chemistry, biology, those are sciences within there, but like... It's something used to fool the jury type of thing. Like, I'm a forensic, this is what's up, and, you know, anyway. So, um, <clears throat> we don't, uh, there's guys that come in that want to do that stuff. So, it's kind of like uh, they, they, they realize that that's not, it requires much more of, a, it's much more difficult to do that. Like, you got to go be a bio major or a chemistry major, you know. So, so I mean, they could say the same thing about you, saying you a gang expert and you standing on stand. You know what I mean? You're on, sitting on stand talking about your gang expert shit. They're like, dude, fucking this dude. I seen him at the beach fucking last hey, week, yeah. dog. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> when it, when it 
it's a two-way street, though, right? Damn right. Damn right. You, know, you, see me, you see me working, you see me having fun. And, you know what I'm saying? Don't hate. You know? <laughs> I would say this. Hate. Number one. <laughs> I know. didn't want to tell you that, bro, but I was like, you know what? Let me just no, no. I'll tell, tell you one more jab. You know? <laughs> Number one, go get your surfboard. Number two, go get your degree and expertise. We'll see you in both fields. Why don't you start, why don't you start a, a program um, that teaches uh, less fortunate individuals, um, adolescents, how to surf, bro. That would probably be an amazing thing to get them out the neighborhood and put them on the beach, baby. You know, why don't you do, why don't you teach people how to be a good interviewer? Oh! <laughs> Fuck you, Touche, sir. Touche. I appreciate that. I'm not here for being a good interview, Yeah, sir. I didn't spend all my time in the university, okay? So, you know, anyways. <laughs> Fist bump, baby. Fist bump, baby. Um, and so, uh, I, I like, there's more things we can talk about, and you know what more we can talk about. Um, it's uh, criminology, sociologist, I mean, wow, that is just uh, something that's been studied for freaking hundreds of years you got the you got Carl Max you got the Max Weber you got I mean you got all kinds of different people that have attacked it from different ways from capitalism uh, uh, you know just trying to understand the social dynamics of why uh, maybe a white person is going to make it to this level and a black person or a Latino may not I mean it, it is just such a freaking wide open space of research and studying I mean um with that said, I mean, like, besides the criminology, the sociology, I mean, it goes hand in hand, correct? Yeah, no. Um, sociology would be like I would say the you know, the, the father of, or you know the, the the larger discipline from which criminology and criminal justice kind of formed. Yes, that is one hundred percent correct. And really quick, I, to answer your previous question, a lot of our guys also will be police officers or social workers, um, some correctional officers. Very few will be lawyers. I'm not even one in ten. So, and the ones that want to be lawyers, I they would say would be split evenly between prosecution and. Uh, uh, defense. A lot of our guys too. I would say they want to be police officers when they come in, but not all of them when they leave. So the kind of the, what we what what I what I would say is they go through our program and they kind of learn what they want to do. A lot of our guys want to do like quote unquote work with children. So it's something that um uh, that's a very broad field as well too. You know, might be criminal justice and social work might be apt for that. So now you talked about like the field overall, um, and I, the question was getting at um, like what do I what do what are some of the reasons kind of behind? Let me back up a little bit. The field of criminology, it's in like why do people commit crime, is not that old. It's maybe like 150 years old. Prior to this, the, the dominant theory of why people committed crime was what's called the demonic perspective. They were like evil or like Satan was in them. Like <laughs> so, up until about like 1870, 70, you know, 75, right around then, the first publication, which was argued, which was like this is why, like a scientific reason. So, have you ever heard the expression like I'm gonna beat the hell out of you? Like that's actually what they did. They they thought the hell was in somebody. It's like I'm gonna bang, 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 or, be, or beat the devil out of somebody. That's that was legit. And <laughs> they were really trying to do that. Wow. So the point of it is is it wasn't there was no science. There was it was like you're you're possessed. You're 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 a burglar or a criminal. Satan got in you type of thing. So So you're talking about the study of 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 just 
in general of why people do what they do in a criminal act yes. um, of how long they've been studying. They've only been studying for 100 years? I would say well, 150, like I said, this uh, 1875, 76, so I want to say the first publication that was a, you know, um, that was kind of, I would say, yeah, the non- uh, religious, non, okay. you know, kind Besides of the you Bible. Know, Satan, you know, right, you know, right, <laughs> Satan did it. So yeah, and, it's like one forty-seven you know, or something. Um, you know what? Yeah, what happened is that theory uh, was really kind of more of a biological-based uh, uh, one, meaning that uh, the belief was that criminals were genetic throwbacks. So it was all based on how they looked. So there was like, oh, look at these kind of criminals. So there was like these types of traits that so-called criminals had. You know, like so um, that theory um, was popular for a time, and it actually served. Uh, in a roundabout way to kind of propel certain racist ideas that people were born more superior than others. And so that whole trope still continues today, yeah? Um, but the whole idea was this. So like if you had pictures of people who were criminals, well then you could easily spot the criminals from the non-criminals by looking at a bunch of photos of them, yeah? And that's where the theory was totally undone. They, uh, scientists kind of put up like, I don't know, dozens of photos, different races, ages, all that stuff. It was like, you know, and they say, okay, well, if criminals are people that you can kind of tell by their physical features, who are the criminals and who are not? And, of course, they totally got it wrong. You know, there was just absolutely nothing like that. And so it's pretty much put that one to bed, theoretically at least, from empirical evidence, that people are kind of like genetic throwbacks or born criminals. Now, there is certain things, kind of more modern kind of biological approaches. Look at people born with certain types of genes that might predispose them to things like violence. It's called like the MAOA or version of that. I'm not exactly sure this type of gene that people can be born with. So if they're born with that, they might be pre more predisposed to violence. But other research on that gene also kind of indicates that social impacts are just as important to explain. So mm. there's that. Um, you know, you I talked about earlier about people being products of their environment, right? And yeah. so that's kind of a lot of what's called positivism, whereby, you know, if these individuals hadn't experienced these certain situations, they wouldn't have been involved in gangs or crimes or all of that. So one of the earlier ones is called, it's called social disorganization. And it looks at kind of, is looking at kind of earlier like Chicago and like other parts of you know, older America, where you had a lot of rapid change. You know, industrialization was coming, you had changes in the way people lived. So this theory kind of continues, like, even in modern times, where you're looking at, like, the extent of poverty, you're looking at the extent uh, that there's what's called, like, homogeneity between, like, either ethnicities or just, like, a similarity amongst the people who live there, whether or not the population is stable or whether or not it's increasing rapid growth. And here's another thing, too, and I may be asking, I'd like to ask you guys all around in this room, is that the extent that people, they know their neighbors and talk to them. So like, I've lived in hoods before, like in you know, a part of the research where it's like the dude across the street won't even look at you. Like there's absolutely no communication, no kind of like connected, there's no social fabric where people are like, hey, there's a problem, let's get together and solve this. They're kind of like all individuals. So um, those are kind of what you'd call like social disorganization and collective efficacy, a theory that looks at conditions of the environment Absolutely. or the way neighbors. Yeah. Now, I mean, sometimes it's, it's best to keep quiet. You know, sometimes it's best. I mean, in a, in a, in a suburbia neighborhood, you're going to be like, hey, what up, Casey? How you doing? Why? Because we're doing good and we're happy. You know? No, no, right. But imagine that there's, uh, there's some dude like who's shooting up in front of your house the whole time, right? And that's you're, a problem. Right, that is a problem, right? But let's say that you are the only one that thinks that's a problem and you don't talk to your neighbor and the whether your neighbor doesn't think it's a problem, you just don't even know. Well, sometimes in a neighborhood like that, bro, you, 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 depending on the individual, there's certain cats that are saying, hey, you know what? 
the non-combative cats, right, the ones that aren't going to punch you back, you know, they're not going to say nothing. But the ones that are going to punch you back, they're going to be like, hey, dog, get the fuck off my fucking shit, dog. My kids are coming in here right now, dog. So, yeah, imagine if everyone... Punch back. Right, no, if everyone if everyone in the community had that same kind of feeling, you would not see that dude shooting up over there. So the point of the theory it talks about is that these aspects of the community and the way it is kind of developed can help determine whether or not crime is there. So even you can have poor areas where there's a tight connection between community members where they really care and want to do best what's for their community right so those are things again theoretically theories that really you know not that I develop but theories of there's something as you are a dick I guess uh, you are uh, a dick uh, yeah, you know yeah, you're a dick right there you go sir you okay know. go ahead <laughs> <laughs> you, you can do better but than But I love you. you not your dick, though. Like I love you, but not your dick. <laughs> but you're a dick. Thank you. <laughs> Another thing you mentioned is about the family. Now, one of the, um, what's called the general theory of crimes, also it's called control theory, and it's called the general theory of crime, more or less, because it helps explain a large variance of crime. And that's when people get involved in gangs or drugs or crime because something is going on with their family. There's a lack of affection. There's a lack of discipline. There's a lack of supervision. Donde esta mijo? Where is my son type of thing. All of those kind of contribute to what's called low self-control. Individual who has issue with his parents regarding supervision, discipline, and affection um, can have can be like um, maybe someone to you know act more physical as opposed to thinking things out. They can be angry. They can have like low empathy. They can like be like more likely to uh, engage in uh, sensation-seeking behavior. If, you know, someone says, hey, you want to go throw rocks with the other, all the other gang members? They're like, yeah, let's go do that. They're not thinking before they act type of thing. So those types of things, that low self-control, can trap an individual in kind of a life, a life of crime. And again, it's not necessarily them, but it's their parenting. It's their upbringing. But, but, but aren't all kids like that? Hey, let's go throw rocks. Mm. Fuck yeah, let's throw rocks. It's the innocence of the mind. But I think sometimes, yeah, and then they learn, though. Yeah, you then you learn. That, I mean, if you're throwing rocks at 32 years old. I think the, no. throwing, the throwing rock thing is the wrong thing to focus on. No, because I've done this as a kid throwing rocks at cars until that person comes out, and then, you, and then you're in trouble. And, yeah. you know, you know one, I, and what, then I've never thrown rocks at cars that are driving by ever again. You shouldn't, sir. What kind of shit well, is that? Well, because it was a non-thinking, let's uh, go I do it. I get it. But, I understand. I, mean, I understand yeah, what he's saying, and I'm not yeah. trying to throw you off. And it was a perfect analogy, sir. It was a perfect analogy, and don't let me fuck you up, dog. You know what I mean, you are the doctor. I am this fucking guy right here that thinks he knows what the fuck he's talking about, which I do in my sense. You know, what I mean, of where I come from. But um, and and I respect you, brother. I respect what you do and how you do it. You know, what I mean. But this is the point of having a conversation. You said, "Hey, I wish you'd give me a good interview." You know, what I mean, like, Doug, this is my good interview, Spencer. Hey, you know, what I mean, can I ask you this? Yeah. Have you ever taken a class on criminal justice? Anything. Gangs, a class on drugs, a class on white people commit crime, any of that stuff. Um, would a class not consist of doing the time, fighting the yeah. cases? Because what I'm saying is I've never been a criminal, I've never been a gang member, I've never done crime. Okay. None of that stuff. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Okay. And in that respect, we have different things to bring to the table. 100%. It's not necessarily I'm disagreeing with you because those are your experiences. How can I possibly disagree with them? But at the same time, as you just admitted, you've never been to one of these classes. Yeah, and I'm the one that not only teaches them, but develops them. So we have Absolutely. different takes on a very important subject that's really out to help people Absolutely. Know, get where they need to go. Absolutely. So rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So why do people commit crimes continuously? You know, based on... That's a, that's a good question. First of all, like, 
what you need to know, like most people do what's called age out of crime, all right? It's a, it's a phenomenon that's seen in America, that over time, and even in different countries. And what I mean by that is that their most crime kind of prone years are when they're about like 16, 17 years old. Right around that time, crime in their lives just absolutely goes down, uh. okay? So it's kind of like what happens? What happens uh. to people, young people, when they become that age? And why does crime go down, right? You know what's interesting, interesting. as well? Like that same time that crime goes down in their lives, drug use goes up. Yeah? Uh. So a very interesting drug, you know, crime kind of connection. Everyone thinks those are type. You're like, wait a minute, these guys' lives, their crime goes down, their drug use goes up. Why? How do you explain that? The reason why crime goes down in people's lives, most of them, is because, as we said earlier, they take on, like, natural responsibilities as they get older. You know, when you're a kid, you can't really get a job, you know. The, you know, you can't get married. You know, having the kids say, well, you could do that. But, you know, so as you get married, have kids, get a job, you slowly take on adult responsibilities and peel away from crime. Yeah. Well, like it's called what's called aging out. There's nothing, you know, people age out of crime, they age out of gangs. Yeah. Drug use is different, though, too. Aging out, growing up. Well, that's just it. Yeah. You, you've completed yeah. growing up. You're done. Yeah. You're an adult. What you time, know? What, what year did you age out, Lucky, we could say? I, age, I aged out. I started aging out around 37. You know. Okay. I'm, for, I'm 46 cool. right now. Good, man. Congratulations. That's yeah. awesome. I started yeah. aging out around, well, I started thinking about stuff like around 34, 35, and then I was in prison, and, and my sister, my little sister died of cancer, and it made me think about, like, life, a whole different perspective. I was just like, man, she was a good girl, dog. She wasn't doing what I was doing. And I, and, I, and at the time, I prayed to God, you know. You know, we turned to God, right? Drug addicts and gang members. We turned to God at times because we, we're just at the rock bottom. When you're in the rock bottom, you turn to God. It's unfortunate to say, but it's the truth sometimes for some individuals. And I'll speak on myself, you know. But I, I said, God, you know, don't take her. Take me. I'm a fucking piece of shit, man. I fucking got kids. I ain't taking care of them. You know, I'm a fucking thug. I'm a fucking dirtbag, you know? Um, take me instead. Let her. I got kids, but they're going to figure it out just like they've done already. But she's got kids that, that, that depend on her every fucking day that she's been there since fucking birth. You know what I mean? God, take me instead, you know, and let her live her life, you know. And if we can have it like that sometimes, maybe there would be a lot more people, that, bad people that be wouldn't be in this in this position. There'd be more good people that, that survived these cancers and whatnot. Um, but that, that was my aging out. That was my growing up. I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to get out. Fuck, I got to do something with myself, you know. I, I, you know, and, 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 and the, the, the aging out, was me trying to not kick drugs, but kick the lifestyle. The lifestyle, the bitches, the doing nothing, doing that stupid dance in the fucking alley, the hot <laughs> Cheetos, you know what I mean? It was the lifestyle, fucking bitches, selling drugs, towing guns, being the big dog on the streets. And now, and, and then, and that's hard because as a dude that was you something right here in this fucking little alley, this two block radius, but now in the real world, homie, you a peon, bro. You ain't shit. Sweep that floor, shut your ass up, you know? And you getting talked to by dudes that fucking, fucking uh, ride surfboards, bro. Or look like me, you know? <clears throat> and what's that? Yeah. And how's, yeah. how's that going to make you feel, you know? Yeah. It sucks like, for a dude that feels like, oh, shit, my dick is bigger than anybody until you walk butt naked in a motherfucking L.A. fitness gym, dog, and you buff with a little dick, dog, and they laughing at you. 
You know, it's going to keep me in that lifestyle. <laughs> I'll be like, I'll be serving my you and your little dick. Keep it up. <laughs> <Whatever. laughs> little dick. Whatever, dude. You ain't touching this sand. Hey, and, and really quick, you know, those uh, those flaming Hot Cheetos will kill you just as fast as gang membership, okay? Dude, so, they light you know, them on fire, bro. Oh, they yeah, light them on fire, That's what I'm bro. telling you. They're, I don't know what they put in that stuff. My, my, my What's a good diet? Can't get What's a good diet? Oh, dude, all... all keto? Do you think keto's a good diet? No, dude, all... all all vegetable, vegan diet, that's what's a good diet, dude. And also, you look really good for 46. This gang membership stuff, gang, like, criminal, they look like this. Not ages <laughs> Come on, bad. buddy. Like, dude. 46, oh, homie. Oh, my God. Like, 46, you're, you're dog. Oh, top, I can still ramen. get your baby mama, homie. Don't make me peel the shirt off, peel dog. Peel the <laughs> Sorry about that. No, Drugs, no, methamphetamine used to make me jack off a million, 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 a million uh, times a night. So, what, have you done any research on methamphetamine specifically? Oh, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, gang, like. Um, Again, what I would say is like a long line of my research is drugs, yeah. and a long line of my research is gangs. Yeah. If we talk about research on drugs and gangs, that's like chocolate and the peanut butter. I'm like, let's talk about it. Like, what well, do you, what's up? What, what do you want? There's, there's drugs and gangs right there. His name is Lucky Sun Tzu. Oh, that guy over there. Say this again. Do you feel like you're an expert in gangs? Like, oh, no, that's like a, you're the cream of the crop. Okay, that's a very good question. Okay, now well, I would say honest, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 hey. Doctor, he just yeah. got out from doing 16 years in the feds, fresh out. Congratulations. 16 years in the feds. So, I mean, I've been a gang member all my hey, life. He's, baby, right he's babysitting here? kids now. Oh, congratulations. When I hear... <laughs> 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 no, like, when I hear some of the stuff you're saying, it's like... Uh, like some of this shit is trash. Rick, come over but here. Some of this shit is real, you know. Like you are really saying some shit that that resonates, but some shit is like, come on. Bro. It's inaccurate. Yeah. Well, it's just because it's well, a but he said it's inaccurate to us because no, in too. overall research it says Southern California. It's yeah. all Southern California. And, and I'm saying as far as my life. Not as far as what you've heard or what you've been through. But that's just it. You know? I would I would never say that your lives are inaccurate because they're your lives. Of course. But you're telling me that what I'm saying yeah, based well, on my re is inaccurate. And I'm going not, like, you know what? Nobody can ever tell you what you're saying is you, inaccurate. You but just, what we're telling you is... If I'm not mistaken. sharing our experiences. <laughs> yeah. sharing our experiences. I'm saying from what we've... What we experienced. And when yeah. we speak on us, we speak on a fucking, like, a, 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 a very big okay. majority of yeah. individuals. The, the, oh. Because I don't. No. I, 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 we I'm do, though. Like, I, I but, like, but, but check it out. If you are a Marine that is fought in Iraq, you can speak for a big, big majority of soldiers. Man, I'm not speaking for anybody about myself. But do you hear what I'm saying? Uh, to an extent. Because, because I got you don't I got, like it. I got No, no, no. Because I got family in the military. That doesn't make sense to me. But no, we're not talking about my personal one. life. So, But that's another thing. So, you and know, we, have, we have Marines okay, on here all the time. I, Go ahead. And that's I'm not... Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, and you're wonderful. Like, oh, thank you. I, I get that all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it's like if I mentioned this to Casey from the get go. If y'all yeah. want to argue with what I'm saying, I'm not here for that. Yeah. That's no, wonderful. But no, no, no. But that arguing, saying like I that that doesn't resonate with me. Whatever. Fine. I'm not. I, I think so. Outside, so outside, check it out. So outside, Rick, hold on a second. Uh, so outside of uh, crimi uh, uh, criminology, sociologists, I mean, that is an amazing field, man. And I don't know how many times those books showed up at my door on a prison yard. There is a lot of dudes in the prison system that is is studying to be a sociologist or just studying, putting, getting themselves put up on game on sociology. 
Oh yeah, no. Everybody becomes everyone's a lawyer in MCJ. I get this shit all the time. <laughs> oh really? Oh, you're gonna do a habeas corpus? Where did you learn that? Dude, I mean, I get it. Because you know what's up? There's nothing to do in there. It's nothing. So I'm going to fight, fight my ass off to kind of find something that kind of gone wrong with this case to get my ass out. Yeah, that happens all the time. Remember what I said earlier? It's never the wrong dude. That's not what happens. So if there's some technicality they can get off, awesome. Okay, and they're going to make themselves lawyers. You're, you're awesome. saying the dude that they have there that's fighting the murder is never the wrong dude. Never. You're full of shit. You're full of this shit, sir. This is what I'm saying, You're dude. full of shit. You're sitting here telling me that you're my... You're full of shit. You know, you made... You made no, no, you I'm made, like, you right, made a fucking... You put an exclamation mark on saying it's never the wrong dude. They got the right dude that killed that person. That's... that, Bro, that's that's okay. inaccurate, 100%. Let, let me just say this. I mean, you're, I mean, based on speculation, yeah, No, maybe. it's not speculation, okay, bro. Okay, then name a case. Name a, I could name a bunch of cases, but I ain't gonna name no names just like he ain't. Okay, but that's but that's very specific I, though. To, uh, I I cannot talk about your experiences. I yeah, do not know them. Your own All personal. I'm saying here is in the couple hundred cases that I have been appointed for a homicide, I, I I cannot recall one where it's like, oh no, it's it's not me. It's not. It's not. It, no, no, no. That, that, again. You're the you're the work, worst expert that I ever want on a fucking case that they could be potentially helping me get off a fucking case when I'm but, fucking innocent. You know, and that, then don't hire me because I'll say that to those guys. I'm like, dude, I ain't the one. Like, listen, you are. I ain't the for, one. I'm you, gonna tell you. Yeah, I, that's I, not a professional. That's not yeah. a professional fucking thing, bro. No. If you automatically think the dude is fucking it's guilty, straight up professional. It's called integrity. You're not. Listen. No, that's not integrity, bro. With, you're, if you're if you're just going on the facts and you're not letting the case play out. And letting but, information or 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 or, or uh, shit that's being put forward to help you fight the case. I mean, not everybody is fucking innocent. Well, not, I mean, that, that's not what I said. Dude. Yeah, no, that's, that's not. not that's, what you're I arguing something. Lucky, I mean. Yeah. Am I fucking up? Yeah. You're on hoodstocks. Talk to us. You know, it's like, you're on hoodstocks. Talk to us. <laughs> Go that? ahead. Your live yeah. phone call. Go ahead. All right, man. So look, this future warfare going on. You know what I'm saying? So. West side up. Fuck the rest. I mean, dude, I'm not sitting here going to be taking a bunch of phone calls from saying about it's gang all good. Saying that We're done. This is the like, podcast is over with. Yeah, Thank yeah. you, Dr. Bill Sanders. Thank we you. are done. Yeah.